this episode, 13 boys from a soccer team in Thailand were trapped inside uh, a cave system called the, uh, the Tam Luang Cave. Cave diving is a very specific sport. Yeah, Just of finding them. Yeah. They were four kilometers in the cave, inside the cave system. The divers had to squeeze through gaps uh, bet where between floor and ceiling was about 12 inches. It yeah. took three, four hours to get each kid out. And over the space of three days, they got all of them out alive. If you've got a really, really, really difficult problem, get the experts. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And very excited about today's episode because it's got a story that I think you'll love. Uh, and But before we get into the story, an announcement. Uh, we've just released our 2022 schedule of public programs. Yeah. And so um, all our story-powered data programs, all our storytelling for leaders, and all of these story-powered sales programs, they're on our events page. So anecdote.com forward slash events right through to the end of the year. So if you're interested, please check that out. But there's another thing that's that you might be interested in and that you might be thinking, well, I'd, I'd like to have a look at these programs before uh, adopting them with, within my organization. And we'd love that. So if, you, if you'd like to evaluate the programs and come along and see what they're like, with a view to determining if they would work for your company, then just ping us and we'll, we'll fix you up with a free ticket so you can come along and have a look and check out the programs. Yeah, I think it's the best way to get a feel for it, isn't it, Mark? You know, until you're actually immersed in it, it's hard to understand how this might fit in and how it might work. Exactly. Try before you buy. And one of the programs, the new programs in our public uh, schedule is Story Power Data, right? And this is something we're having great fun with, with customers recently, uh, just helping really tech-savvy people tell the story uh, using data. I was telling the story of their data. And uh, it's been fascinating to just see the progression these organisations have made. Essentially, it's you know either leaders who are using a lot of data in their presentations, or it might be uh, analysts, uh, researchers, um, you know people in you know finance, anyone whose numbers are everything, but they just feel it's not kind of sticking with the their audiences. Well, then this is definitely a program to check out. So go and check that out now. I'm thinking we should get into this story. We've done enough, okay. uh, you know, sort of rah-rah. Enough preamble. Preamble. Let's get into the story. Yeah. What have you got for us, Mark? Right. Well, uh, pretty much everyone on the planet was glued to their TV or radio or Twitter in, in, the, in June 2018, June, July 2018, because 13 boys, 13 boys from a soccer team in Thailand were trapped inside uh, a cave system called the, uh, the Tam Luang Cave. They went there after practice. They rode their bikes and then they went in. Uh, but a heavy rain fell and the cave filled with water. And so that was on the 23rd of June that they went in and wow. nothing further was heard for about a week. And everyone basically thought they were dead. Um, on the 2nd of July, however, uh, two British cave divers, a guy called uh, John Volanthan and, and Rick Stanton, and they'd been called in because they're pretty much cave diving is a very specific sport, right? Pastime, and these guys are like the rock stars, kind of the, the widely recognised as the best in the world. 
And they found the boys on the 2nd of July. So that was like eight days or something after they'd gone in. And, and all 13 were alive. And one of the one of that particular activity of finding the boys has been described as, as um, one of the single greatest achievements ever in cave diving. Yeah. Right. Just finding the boys. Like, just finding them. Yeah. Just finding them. Yeah. They were four kilometers uh, in the cave inside the cave system. Four caves. Incredibly difficult conditions. Um, the water was was muddy. You could not see a hand in. It was like you're swimming in coffee. Like you cannot see anything. If you held your hand up in front of your mask, you can't see your hand. It's that that's oh, that's freaky. Right? Um, uh, initially, the currents were so strong they couldn't even swim against it. And it was only after a few days that the currents subsided enough that the swimmers, the the the, the divers, could actually make progress into the cave. And and like. Get this four kilometers yeah. of progress in this in this maze of caves. Yeah. Um, just to give you an idea of the difficulty, um, one navy one Thai navy seal uh, diver yep. uh, died uh, uh, as part, you know in, in uh, an attempt was it just as part of the attempting to find the boys. Right. Like, that's how difficult this was. Yeah. Uh, and another uh, Thai navy seal diver. Uh, died some months later of a blood infection that he got. Um, right, so we're talking difficult, uh, just finding them. And uh, now they had to get them out. And quite frankly, I don't know if you remember, we had a conversation and and you said, what are, you, what are the chances? And I said, they're all going to die. Like, like, you just, you cannot take somebody who's never dived and then get them to, you know, like, in, get them to even understand how to dive, let alone diving in a cave in blackness um, for four kilometers it, it, it took three hours by the way the, the trip it, it's a three-hour trip yeah right. so anyway huge all right there's a guy in australia called richard harris um and uh he, his partner his dive dive buddy craig chellum so rich richard harris rick or oh, harry he called call me harry um uh he is a in, a in real life is an anesthetist. Uh, he is one of the world's best cave divers. Like, you know, well, uh, uh, Rick Stanton might be kind of a rock star. Um, uh, uh, Rick Harris is also, you know, he's kind of the next. Yeah. Uh, in, anyway, and not only is he an, an anesthetist, anesthetist, and and world class cave diver. Uh, he also had been thinking about the issue of cave rescuing people from cave diving for about 10 years. Right. Um, and he'd been running a course. He developed and ran a course. He also, uh, he'd done a lot of, he volunteered as a, for the South Australian Aeromedical Evacuation Service. And so he, anyway, they called him because there was all these ideas about how to get the boys out. Let's, let's pump the caves dry. Well, they pumped millions and millions of liters, and it made zero difference. Like it just complete. Like let's drill. No, they couldn't do that. And Elon Musk is going. I'm going to send a oh, submersible. Yeah, I remember that? Yeah, yeah. Right, but completely failing to to appreciate that in some places, they the divers had to squeeze through gaps uh, where between floor and ceiling was about twelve inches. Like yeah, they had to take their take gear the gear off, off swim through. Go back, through. put the you know, pull their gear through, put the gear. Anyway, 
I, I'm a diver, right? I'm very, very experienced diver. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would like, I got no, I, no way would I be even touching this, you know, even going into that cave. Anyway, they called on, on uh, Richard Harris uh, because they'd run out of options and the monsoon rains were coming and the, uh, they'd come up with this idea that the only way they could get the boys out was to anesthetize them right. and, and swim them, them out, drug them. Make yep. them unconscious. Yeah. Which is, you know, like, because, you know, they would have panicked. And if they had it, you know, the whole thing is that if the, if the kid panics, mm. then the kid's going to die and so is the rescue diver. Yeah. Right? Because the rescue diver is going to try and save the kid and in the process, the kid's going to kill him. Yeah. Pull his mask off. You know, you just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So, and, and Richard Harris, he, yeah, he went, you know, he lives in Australia. He, he flew over to Thailand. And, and, but he, like his words were, when I heard this, I thought this is no way. This is not going to happen. This and uh, you know, anesthetizing them. I can think of about a million ways those kids can die with that plan. Um, and uh, he he thought it was impossible. Even right up until the last kid was rescued, he thought it was impossible. And so they time was a, a big factor because the monsoons were due to start again. And as soon as the monsoon rain started, those kids are stuck there for. Yeah, because one of the options is leave them there. Unfortunately, leave them there for five until the water resides. Yeah, exactly. So monsoon stops, rain stops, and and eventually the cave empties out. Right. Anyway, it was clear that they would have died. Yeah. Anyway, so there's not there is no alternative. So he decides to uh, to go ahead with the plan. I mean, he's been thinking about how he's going to do it, and so over the course of three days, every day he swam the three hours in. He, one at a time, he would anesthetize the boys, uh, put them in a wetsuit, put a full face mask on, test that it was, you know, he would actually, he said it was a terrible thing. He felt like it was like drowning kittens. He would push their heads underwater uh, and check that the face mask was, uh, there was a seal, uh, uh, right. etc. And like <laughs> they had to do that multiple times because you, you know, like. And were the, the other kids mask. watching? No, the other kids were up. Were, it was a bit further a, away. A okay, steep slope, right? And That's probably a, a very good thing. You don't yeah. want to see that, do you? Yeah. No. So Richard Harris stayed each day, the full day, yep. in the cave, and each day they were able to get three or four of the boys out. Yeah. And one of the the re- British rescue divers, so um, the rock stars, the rock stars, and there was a couple of others would swim them out. Ah, and like, yeah. it's like inc- incredible, like yeah. took three, four hours to get each kid out. And over the space of three days, they got all of them out alive. And um, Harris says that right up until the last one was out, he thought that th- this could not work. Zero chance that they would get them all out alive. You look at that and go, he denies the fact that he's the only guy in the world that could have done this. Um, but when you look at it, because he's gone, there are other anesthetists that, that are good cave divers. But none of them have done it the what you know what he's done. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he won the order. He was awarded the Order of Australia, and he and uh, his dive buddy Craig Challen were Australians of the Year uh, in 2019, I think. Um, and so it all turned out for the best. Thank goodness. Yeah, talk about. Well, they had no choice, did they? Like here was the situation where these pastimes come together, right? Ah, yeah. you know, I like diving. I like cave diving. I'm also an ethetist. 
<laughs> oh, I also spend a lot of time uh, in uh, aeromedical evacuation, and uh, I've done a few, you know, diver rescues. Oh, and and I thought I, I better develop a course because one day I was deep inside a cave in the middle of the Nullarbor Plain, and and uh, I said to my to my dive buddy, "What if we break an oh, arm or something? Yeah, yeah. Or like, how do we get out?" And he said, and that's where they he started developing this course, and he ran it once. Anyway, so it's kind of like this crazy specific capability that you brought yeah. to the table. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I'll see, this is lots in this uh, story, right? And I don't know, as I was listening to the story, I mean, for me, just that image of the kids being tested with their masks, being dunked into the water and you sort of said like drowning kittens. I mean, that's such a gut-wrenching thought. Mm. Um, that is, I think that was something that really stood out. And I felt I could, I could feel my body tensing up as you were saying that and I was just, you know, as I said, you know, worried about what the other kids could see, you know, at that point. I mean, there were so many elements of that story, the build-up to it, the, the fact that you've got a situation which is, you know, impossible, um, yet they had the bravery and the courage to give it a go, right, and to, to do it. Uh, lots of technical, if you like, specifics around getting in and out and the times and the distances and the complications. Um, yeah, so there's lots of fabulous elements to that story. What do you like about the story as you tell it? Well, look, about halfway through, I realised how exciting I was getting get excited telling it because uh, for, for me, it's really compelling as a diver. Yeah. Right? And, and particularly, like, and as I say, I've done, I've done nearly a thousand dives and this, I mean, I wouldn't touch it. Like, I wouldn't even go in that cave. Like, it's just no so, way. It so, reminded me. Yeah, sorry, Mark. Finish your. I oh, just, just that. You know, it's, it's the. It is such a technically demanding activity. Yeah, like ridiculously technically demanding. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of reminds me of of what not to do, and that is be like my brother, who was in Hawaii. And these two very experienced divers just happened to meet him, you know, at the hotel, found out my brother was inter interested in diving, he, you, know, dove, you know, did a few dives. And they said, oh, we're going to dive out on a, um, a ship, you know, a submerged, you know. A wreck. Sunk, a wreck. But it was a, a, a massive wreck. Like it was a, you know, World War II type wreck. Yeah. Probably and very deep. Very deep. And also they were going to go into the wreck and then go through the different layers oh, and yeah. levels in the wreck, right? And that, the two guys said to my brother, he said, look, this is real. You have to be an advanced diver for this, right? Now, you know, we've done X number of dives. We do this all the time. But, you know, are you an advanced diver? And my brother went, yeah. <laughs> Scotty. And he went down and he had claustrophobia. He freaked out. And they had to, in an emergency situation, essentially get him out of that uh, dive of that wreck. Of the wreck. Oh, yeah, wow. and he said, "My brother said it was so close. Whoa, that's you know, so close to being a disaster." Yep. So, and you know, that's so that's like such a, a, a minuscule, you know, version of this bigger story that you've just told. Um, yeah. No. Um, I think the other thing about the story is that I, I liked, um, you know, this idea of, you know, these two rock star British 
when you were comparing the two, I thought, oh, yeah, well, he's like Bono and maybe that's more like Dave Grohl. I was was sort of, you know, good to sort of have a bit of an analogy, like, you know, like just, yeah, he was a big rock star, but maybe, you know, Harry was, he was a pretty big, maybe he was a Dave Grohl level rock star. Mind you, all the Dave Grohl fans out there are now going, no, (laughs) he's the top rock star. Um, uh, So, yeah, I think, I think the only thing for me uh, in that story is it, you know, it's a, you would have to have a quite a um, position of power, if you like, to be able to take up and tell that time. that time to tell a story. Either you're on a stage, you know, and you tell that story, or yeah, you have that power to be able to do that. Well, um, let's explore that uh, yeah. because I'm 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 very interested to explore that when we talk about how to use it to make a point. Yeah, um, because as you've said that, I've thought, well, maybe there is some. Situations. Situations. Yeah. Do you want to roll to that? Yeah, let's do it. Because one situation that you're often faced with is people go, no, we can't, this is this is this can't be done. Yeah. No, it's impossible. It's impossible. And you just go, well, look, 13 boys were stuck in the cave in Thailand and getting getting four kilometers. Right. And the the monsoon's coming and they're gonna die. Yeah. And I think that yeah, that's right. But see, that's the shortened version. Oh, no. Oh, exactly. You see? That's what I'm, no, you, I'm, saying, I'm saying you need to have the power to do the long version right. like you told yeah. it. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, so, I totally agree with that. Um, uh, I, I thought you were kind of then, uh, and therefore it's not a particularly Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's a great business. You can use yeah. it in all sorts of different ways, yeah. you know, like, yeah, just like you say. And also uh, the one that we were sort of alluding to at the end of the story is that, hey, don't just um, say, oh, my hobby could never be used for anything, right? You know, like you just never know when someone's looking for that combination of things. Um, and and so to have hobbies, to be doing stuff, uh, which is kind of a little out left of field or quirky or at least passionate, you become really good at it just like Harry was, he became, you know, rock star level. Um, you know, this, this can come in, you know, great need in these situations. Yeah. And in fact, uh, in a, in a business context, I was talking with a, uh, with a colleague a couple of years ago and uh, there's a, we have a small group um, that we, you know, we meet regularly and just talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, and one of them said, I've got this little challenge and I want to test it. And he essentially during COVID, uh, he started or before COVID and then in COVID, he became kind of this world leading designer in a very, very specific uh, uh, online game. Right. Online. That's, uh, yeah, it is a game, but he's, he, he could use it as a business tool and right. take people on a journey and you make all these places and he, he, like he was world class. And he goes, but you know what? I love it. I love it. It's a bit clunky, and uh, you know, I, I just can't see any kind of potential business application for it. So I'm just going to let it go. And just, I would love to have, tell that story and go. I don't know, mate. Maybe, yeah, maybe keep with it. Keep with it because you could become the only person who can do this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's a nice one. Um, of course, you know, the one of the other reasons why this is compelling. Um, is the fact that there's it's young, it's children, yeah, right? and it's life or death. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of the one of the elements that really struck me was the fact that the water was totally opaque. You know, like coffee. You said I thought that was a great analogy, like coffee. 
and you can just feel yourself being, you know, that that blackness essentially you would have. There would be nothing to go on except the rocks around that you could feel, I suppose. Um, and you know, what would you do if you're sort of somehow swished yourself and were heading in the wrong direction? You know, um, I assume they have devices to help you go in the right way. <laughs> yeah, and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. But so those sort of things just make it a really great story in many ways. Mm. Um, and of course, well, when his book is the book that he and Craig Challen wrote after you know, about the, the rescue is called Against All Odds. It's kind of like, you know, if you're in that situation, this is a pretty cool story to, to use. Yeah. Well, let's give it a, shall we give it a rating? Well, just a couple more business applications. Okay. And right, yeah. I don't know, you remember that uh, Sindon told this this story in a team yeah, meeting in a work meeting uh, yep. uh, yeah uh, uh, a while back and uh, a couple of other points that 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 she made that i think are particularly relevant which are if you've got a really 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 difficult problem get the experts yeah right yeah and and so the thai navy seals they might have looked like the experts but there was actually a whole other dimension of expertise yeah in fact layers of that where you, there was only a few in the world but sometimes you need to get the experts. Yeah. Actually, that's a really um, good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the other one is don't listen to people who say it can't be done. Um, even if it's yourself. <laughs> Another one is that when you've got no choice, keep going. All right. So, you know, when you say don't, uh, don't uh, stop if it can't be done, the, the little voice in my head there was from Mike Adams, our colleague, and he would, he would add, as long as it doesn't subvert the laws of physics. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the point at which you say no it can't be done right <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah no they're great they're fantastic they're really really good uh, business points yeah and so you know a kudos to Sinden because she really thought deeply about this and mm. um yeah, told a great version of the story yeah put it into our story bank well guys hopefully this is another one you can add to your repertoire as well Think about, one of the things to think about is, okay, we've told you the long version. Mark gave you a little potential feeling for what a short version, but you know, go and retell this. This is how you get good at uh, storytelling is to uh, you know, find a story and retell it in your own words, right? So don't try to just get a script of this and you know, learn the script like an actor. Just get the dot points of the key things and just tell it in your own words. And you'll be surprised at how much you'll remember, even if you didn't even write things down, how much of the story you'd be able to tell. You probably wouldn't get the names. We're not good at remembering names. You'll have to remember, you know, learn the right, learn the names. Um, but apart from that, you know, a lot of things like the four kilometers of, you know, tunnel and all that sort of stuff, that will just come to you as you, as you retell the story. Um, good. Now, can we, obviously I'm excited to give a score here. Right. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So my my score for this is this is a this is a nine out of ten. I'm with you. Nine out of ten story. I love it. I mean, I want to tell this story. I'll tell a a shortened version of it, Um, but I want to tell this story absolutely. What are you giving it, Mark? Um, nine out of ten. Not a nine and a half? Nope. nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> 9.175. That's it. Uh, good. Fantastic. Well, 
that's been a good story. Thanks for bringing that along, Mark. It was excellent. And, and thanks for everyone for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And of course, yeah, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio.